Hey, what's up everybody? Uh, we just got back from Seattle. So last time I did one of these, um, <clears throat> it was a while back. So it was before I, I had my, I launched my online course and uh, it was before, you know, things got super crazy. So anyway, um, since that time we, we launched our, our courses. So we like, you know, we opened up our term to enrollment and we got a lot of people enrolling. It was, it was actually really successful. The, um, the like goal that we had, we totally exceeded it. And I feel like this online stuff, it's, um, it's, it's for sure my niche. I'm, I'm really happy with how it's going. And I'm, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really pumped, uh, for everything to be kind of falling into place on that end. Um, but afterwards we, we did go to Seattle for Olivia's surgery. So, uh, as you, as you may know, Olivia was born with lymphatic malformation, and we've been kind of planning this surgery for a long time. It's been, so she's, she's turning three next month. And so a couple of years ago, we had a consultation with the surgeon, and uh, we weren't ready then, but we, we did our homework. We, we um, had a lot of consultations, and we read a lot, and finally decided to do it. And so we did a, she basically had a, what's called a neck resection. So, um, they flapped open her neck and pulled out a lot of tissue so it was like the size of a fist <clears throat> and um well she actually had one surgery before or she actually had two surgeries before that she had a hernia repair when she was little <clears throat> when she was like a year less than a year old and uh, she actually had her tonsils and adenoids removed uh, a month before she had her big neck resection just to like open up her airway a bit because whenever um Whenever you get operated on in the neck, uh, you have a chance for swelling and, and airway compromise. So anyway, this was her second time um, getting operated on in Seattle. So we flew out there. We were fairly confident because, you know, I've had two years to wrap my mind around this. Um, sorry about the noise. I'm just driving to work right now. <clears throat> we had two years to wrap our mind around this and, um, and feel really comfortable. I like, I, you know, to prepare myself I, uh, I meditated quite a bit. I prayed. I, I really visualized, you know, <laughs> I, it was my way of preparing myself. I visualized the different outcomes and I focused on the outcome that I wanted to, uh, to happen, which is, you know, she has her mask removed um, and she recovers well. And so that helped me like get ready for it. And then on, on the day of the surgery, well, we, we checked in a day, um, two days early. She had her appointment the day prior just for like a checkup and just kind of get us ready for surgery. Uh, we stayed at this nice little Airbnb and it was really nice actually. The, um, <clears throat> the day before her surgery, we went to Chuck E. Cheese. We went to, uh, we went to the movie theater. We went to, to sleep together. We were staying at, at an Airbnb and we, <clears throat> sorry, we, uh, we slept up in, it looked kind of like an attic. And me, Teresa, and Olivia were just laying in bed together, looking up at the stars because Olivia has a little, a little lamp that, it's a little turtle lamp. Well, it's actually like a little turtle plush toy that projects up stars and onto the ceiling. And so we were just looking at them, counting. And I think by the count, by the time I counted to 50, she was asleep. She, she has me count a long time. Uh, but it was a really, really nice night. And actually before she went to bed, she just gave me and Olivia a hug. She like wrapped her little arm around her necks and she said, this is my family. Um, and she said she's gonna have surgery and that it'll be okay, that she'll heal. and. And she'll get to have everything, lollipops, uh, ice cream, popsicles, everything, she said. So 
that was really cute. Then came the day of the surgery. We we brought her in early, and and she was a really good little girl. Like I, um, <clears throat> me and Teresa both prepped her by uh, by. Well, we had this like little I forget what it's called. It's a little face mask that pumps oxygen or air, right? So it's one of those things that you use for CPR. So we had that little that thing at home, and so we would play with her all the time, and and uh, we'd tell her when she counts, she gets sleepy, and uh, sorry when she counts. <clears throat> when she breathes it we would count and she would get sleepy and she would drift off to sleep and so we prepped her with that and so on the day of the surgery i was able to walk her back to the operating room and i would just she would just look at me and say papa count and so i'd count and by the time i counted to 20 uh, she was just breathing on that mask and um she just went peacefully to sleep it was it was really really easy she had all the trust in the world she um, she knew what she was getting into. Well, she thought she knew what she was getting into, and she was happy to have her surgery done. Um, <laughs> she had told us before that the reason that she's having her surgery done is because um, it's not as beautiful. That cheek is not as beautiful as the other cheek, and the kids don't like that cheek. And of, of course, we 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 correct her. Uh, she's not having. We try to instill in her to know that she's not having her surgery done for. Uh, to be more beautiful that she's already beautiful how she is but you know little kids they she's she's simplifying it and that's how she understands it anyway she had her surgery supposed to be six hours they scheduled it for six hours and actually like seven hours later we're just waiting because we haven't heard back yet we're just waiting and waiting in the waiting area and it actually pushes out to like 10 11 hours it was a it was a, it was a long time to wait and we were worried and the surgeon comes out, um, Dr. Perkins, who's, who's really fantastic, by the way. He, uh, he came out. He, I mean, you could tell that the, he was tired. He'd had a long day. There was a lot of stuff that went on. Um, they, they cut out more from the floor of Olivia's mouth than they thought. So she's got, her mass extends to the floor of her mouth, the base of her tongue, um, and um, peripharyngeal space, so like around her throat, uh, under the base of her skull, um, so anyway, he came out, he, he looked, he looked tired, honestly, like, like, uh, like it had been, it had been a tough one. And so anyway, I, me and Teresa had been recording and documenting our journey and until that point, because, um, they, they said one parent could go back. So Oli uh, Teresa went back and I was recording Olivia and Teresa, um, coming out from the doors and, and to see me when the first time I saw Olivia and I just turned off my camera right away as soon as I saw Olivia because, oh my gosh, it was, it was, um, it was super emotional uh, to see Olivia like that. She's just, um, I mean, her, her head's all wrapped up. She's got tube tube in her nose. She's super swollen. She just looks like, she looks like she was expecting one thing, and it totally did not go how she thought. And she was all swollen and just couldn't move. She just looked so constrained and and uh, like she didn't know what was going on. And so, anyway, that that start that kind of started the that's kind of set the tone for how the the stay was. We were gonna we were planning on staying for a week. We ended up staying for about three weeks. Um, <clears throat> and it was it was really a rough few nights in the in the intensive care unit i mean she's she's no stranger to intensive care you know she was born that born in the intensive care nursery but uh it was it was crazy um 
gosh, I feel like, I don't know. I, I don't mean to gripe about it. I'm, I'm just trying to describe how it went. Um, and I don't, I honestly, I don't really know if anyone's going to listen and I, I really don't care. It's just, just kind of documenting it for my own, um, I guess for my own experience, my own sanity, honestly. So yeah, it was really hard in the, in intensive care because, uh, obviously your child's hooked up to a lot of wires. So she probably had like six wires on her, you know, she's got her IVs, she's got uh, a lot of things going on. And so anytime she moves, like she's got things on her foot, things on her, on her hand, things on her other hand and her head's all wrapped up. And anytime she moves, those wires wrap around her. And if she pulls out an IV, um, one of the IVs attached to her, then that means that another person will come in and try to like poke her and find her, um, her, uh, try to find her blood vessels to get some more, to, to put another IV in. And so we're just trying to restrain her, not restrain her, but you know, we're trying to keep her comfortable, uh, but it's impossible because she's, she just had a major surgery and she's just, she's just had it, you know? So anyhow, um, we we resort to carrying her probably for a good three days <laughs> and i'm i'm not even kidding about that that was that was really uh mentally physically challenging uh just carrying her that entire time i mean she's she's almost 30 pounds seems like not much but uh when you you just carry somebody non-stop it really takes a toll on your on your obviously your back but uh just like your mental toughness and so we just carry her around um, every 20 minutes, you know, uh, a doctor, a nurse comes in and she's just so traumatized by the whole thing um, because she, we had promised her lollipops and popsicles. And actually after the surgery, her tongue was uh, totally swollen and protruded. It's like sticking out. She was just biting it because she couldn't feel it. And she was not allowed to eat for at least three days after the, the procedure. And so, I mean, she she's she gets it. We we told her she could we could all have all these things, and then she couldn't. So she knew we we had lied, or you know, unintentionally. But she knew that we had we had um, deceived her, and uh, she was really really upset about it. It was really heartbreaking to see see her go through that because she she couldn't get a good night's she couldn't sleep. Because uh, at night, people would come in every 20 minutes, wake her up, poke her, take her vitals. And <clears throat> at that point, it didn't matter if they were poking her or if they're just like something as simple as just like checking her temperature. Uh, by that point, she had already had it. Anything, anybody that comes in was was a threat to her. And she just screamed in terror. Finally, we, we got discharged. Well, we, we left the intensive care. Well actually before we left intensive care uh they um there was some blood work that came back that something was off it seemed like there could be internal bleeding and um and they weren't sure where it was coming they, they weren't sure what was going on and so they had to do a, a blood transfusion it totally it happened super quick and i had no idea what <laughs> what to expect and i didn't know what to do um, and so they had to sign some consents about the risks of blood transfusions and went ahead and gave, and gave her blood. <clears throat> and, um, I mean, she, she pretty much stayed the same after, after the, the blood. It didn't seem like it really changed anything. Anyway, we got discharged, uh, not discharged, sorry, transferred to recovery room. And, and it, it's hard. I, um, I think Seattle, Seattle Children's Hospital did a, a good job. 
but uh, no institution is perfect, right? So uh, our, our surgeon was fantastic, but um, it's hard when you have a kid going through medical stuff because you know you're better informed about the medical situation often than the whole team of people that is helping you because... I mean, throughout Olivia's stay, we had, I don't know, we had 50 people helping us, 50 people attending to Olivia. And, and a lot of the, what, maybe like 20 nurses or something. And a lot of them, I mean, all of them, they were seeing Olivia for the first time. And some of them forgot about Olivia's med that we requested, or they forgot this or forgot that, or I don't know. Uh, It's, it's tough when I feel like me and Teresa feel well-informed and we're her advocates and to have to abdicate so hard just to i don't know because because they're your kid you know and so you want things to go the best that they can and all these healthcare professionals they're seeing a lot of patients and so they're just trying to make sure everything's standardized and things don't fall through the cracks but we want everything to be optimized not standardized right so that was uh that was a little tough um <clears throat> The hardest part for my wife was when Olivia had her feeding tube inserted. So Olivia had already had already been through a lot. She had gotten poked a lot, right? And I mean, I don't know if anybody's any of you guys have had um, blood drawn on their infant or toddler. It's it's pretty soul crushing. <laughs> it really is. Uh, so much so that Teresa went and got her full bottomy license. She just wanted to to be experienced with it. So anyway, they um, after they had drawn a bunch of blood, a lot of blood, and uh, they poked her finger. That didn't work, and then so they had to like squeeze her finger to try to like get as much drops of blood as possible. But that wasn't enough blood, and they have to like get her on her foot. I don't know. Anyway, after after they did that, uh, had to insert a feeding tube, and so Olivia um, had to lay down on a bed, and then uh, there's like a team of three people that just kind of pinned her down. And they they wrapped her up in a in a blanket like a little burrito, and and man, she was just she was just terrified. Her eyes, you know, her eyes were going like, you see her her pupils all dilated. She just looks like her eyes are just black, and she's just terrified. And at first she was fighting it, but then she just seemed like she almost just gave up and just cried. And so that was that was a really hard time for for Teresa. Really hard time for me too, but. I I try not to be really like excitable or agitated or um, stressed out in the midst midst of all this stuff happening. I try to just be super cool and um, and comforting and reliable. That I feel like that's my job as a dad. And so so I was. Anyway, when we were in the recovery area, that's probably the hardest. Uh, time for me when we were in the recovery area we started feeding her uh, through her through her tube so it's a little tube that goes into her nose and down into her stomach and so her on her first feed we we honestly didn't get too much guidance on it I feel like we were in a part of a hospital that was just like sort of deserted man it was it was bizarre honestly it was a little bit bizarre just uh we definitely didn't have the attention that we were used to I mean we'd been hospitalized She'd been hospitalized a lot, um, several times. And so this, this was her biggest procedure. And it also felt like in the recovery area, she had the least amount of attention that we've had, that she's had, uh, 
you know, out of all of her hospital visits, she's had more minor things done and she's had more attention. And I was, I was just so agitated that, uh, that this is her biggest thing. And she had like the least amount of vigilance I, I felt like. So anyway, we were feeding her and then she throws up while we were feeding her. And, and that I mean, that's fine. She just, I was, um, she was over my shoulder. She just threw up, it was like a projectile vomit, threw up over my shoulder and, uh, and that's fine. I was trying to comfort her, but then another vomit, uh, um, you know, another vomit uh, mess comes out. So she she vomits again, basically, and um, and she started choking on her vomit, and she didn't know how to. I I guess she, her tongue, her mouth, like all that, the whole reflex really, all those muscles really weren't strong, or she didn't know how to use them, or they were numb or something. But she didn't know how to get her the vomit out of her mouth, and so she was choking on it. And that was the scariest moment of my life, I think. Um, I just turned her upside down. I just straight up just freaking <laughs> turned her upside down. I gra- with one foot, I grabbed, with one hand, I grabbed her feet. And the other hand, I was just kind of like, uh, I just kind of held her at her clavicle and just let her dump it all out. And then I, I took my other hand and started, um, you know, patting on her back, just like trying, or, or hitting her back, really, just helping her get it all out. And so she had some residual stuff left in there for for a while she was she was so scared um but anyway i took her to walk around afterwards and um she was scared and she still had some stuff in her throat you know and, and it was really scary for me when um we would walk around she'd be sleeping and then she would wake up every 10 minutes and not be able to breathe and she she made she had symptoms of like choking and she would cry and she'd panic and um that happened to me when I kind of I was walking around and then I saw her go through that and I was like holy holy shit she's she's aspirating you know she's she's choking on vomit and and you know we we know that choking on vomit can you can die from it really um, so I, I ran and I just had I, I just look, I was looking for her nurses I said help I need I need help um, and um, uh, I explained I explained the situation to them and and they said well we don't hear her right now or I don't hear her right now so I think she's fine they listened to her her chest with the stethoscope and I go oh, yeah she's fine and then I'd go away and sure enough it would happen again and you know Olivia's not making it up right she just she wakes up and she can't breathe and she cries and she points to her throat and so uh, nobody really knew how to help me with that I guess which was really a shitty feeling to feel like to be in a hospital and feel like you don't know what to do um, i'm not i'm not faulting the hospital for sure they have like i said standardized protocols they got a lot of kids to take care of and um this is maybe this is just a overly vigilant parent anyway so i requested a um I requested a suction. I requested one of the long ones. I think they're called like Yonkauer suctions. Anyway, I requested a long suction, and then I actually I gave it to Olivia, and she stuck it in her throat, and she got the the last little bits of vomit that were in the back of her throat, and so she actually slept with the with the suction in her hand, and every now and then she would wake up and just suction, and so that really helped her out a lot. I think it was comforting for her. It was, gosh, it was it was way. Um, yeah, it made a big deal for me. <clears throat> wow, I've been going at this for a little while. I didn't ha- I didn't realize I had so much to say about it. Anyway, we um, we we got to go home. Well, 
I don't know if I should say this or not, but whatever. On the last day, on, on it was Sunday, and um, the nurse tells us, yeah, you guys can go home now. And I was like, well, okay, uh, at previous visits, you know, at, at other hospitals, and even on her previous uh, hospital stay here, you guys did some checks before we left, right? You know, we have to have, like, a few doctors come in. We have to, like, go through a checklist, a discharge checklist, basically. And then um, they're like, oh, no, they, they said you're good. And I, I really got upset about it because, like I said, this is the biggest procedure she's had done. And I really want everything squared away to get the best outcome possible. Um, and so we actually just requested to stay an extra day. <clears throat> anyway, we on the day that we did go home, um, uh, she, she met with her surgical team first. They checked her out. They, they prepped us to go home, and, and it, was, it, was, it was great. We went home, and a few, she was kind of getting back to her normal self, but then she swelled up real big. She, she, her cheeks started getting hot. She swelled up real big. Her cheek got so puffy. It was like, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like a little balloon. It was like a, actually a pretty good-sized balloon. It looked like it was pushing up into her eye. And she even said her eye hurts. And that was a scary night. I, just, I slept just holding her. Uh, I was just sitting up in a chair. I was I was honestly just binging Netflix, watching Netflix while while carrying her. I was kind of afraid to go to sleep because of how bad the swelling was. So the next day we went in uh, back to the she was back to the OR. She had that drained and um, some more drains installed in her neck. And I'm actually late for work. <laughs> I need to get to work right now, guys. Anyway, long story short. We stayed an extra couple weeks, much longer than we thought. We stayed for three weeks. And Olivia's doing, doing better, for sure. Uh, it was drained. It was good. She had a lot of follow-ups with their doctor, um, Dr. Jonathan Perkins, who I, I would recommend him, I think, because her, her surgery went well. And he was, it seems like he really knows what he's doing. And he, was, he, he communicates really well with us, and he kind of keeps us in the loop. And so I'm really happy with with uh with how he how he he treated olivia um i forgot what i was saying <laughs> anyway we got back home and now she's got a fever and so oh gosh we're just wondering when the hell will this end we're 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 good parents you know we 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 really do a good job take care of her do the very best that we can for her but uh, there's a, there's a limit to how much to how far we can go without without getting good sleep. There's a limit to how like how long I can go without working. At some point, you know we're gonna you know our, at some at some point our business we might go out of business. Uh, we will have a hard time um, just mentally emotionally from from the sleep de- deprivation. Um, and I mean, an amazing piece of news is that Teresa is pregnant and we, we haven't announced it and people don't really listen to my podcast. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not counting this as an announcement. So, um, yeah, so I don't, I don't want any of this stuff affecting the baby. You know, the, the baby's that Teresa's got, she's a little bit over three months pregnant. So anyway, we're back in California Today's my first day at work, and I'm already four hours late. <laughs> Can't believe that, because Olivia would not sleep last night because she's congested from her cold. She's got a fever, and she would not sleep unless she's on my shoulder. And she would wake up and be scared because she can't breathe well, because she, she's still got her tube in. 
and now she she's got a fever and she's congested. She can't so her yeah she just can't breathe basically. So anyhow, it's a good thing we have really wonderful family support. But honestly, I'm at a point right now that um, I'm not exactly sure how to reach out for help. I don't really know. I mean, we're, we live in a really connected world. I have, you know, I've got thousands of followers on social media. Yeah, a text group with my family. We're so connected, but sometimes you can still feel so alone. And, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to, I'm not sure what the answer is. I'm just hopeful that, um, that things are going to turn out okay, that it's going to, that we're going to get through it soon. Um, I definitely don't want to, like, feel like it's all going to be better today because I think that's the surefire way to be disheartened and and um, demoralized. I I got to think that this is going to last an extra month and, um, and just how I'm going to cope with that mentally, I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. But I got to find a way. Alrighty, I better walk into work. My patient's coming in in five minutes. Thanks for listening, guys. If there's any of you guys out there. <laughs> All right, bye-bye.